You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic. This edition coming out a little later than normal on a Friday, but nonetheless, packed full of information. We're going to talk a lot of BYU football, game times announced for the Cougars. What do Jeff Hansen and Garrett McClintock think BYU will do in 2021? We'll get to that. We'll also continue to look back on BYU football history, looking at 1954. Pretty bad season on the gridiron for BYU, but some interesting developments off of it that we'll talk about. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, track and field athletes advancing to the national championships, as well as men's basketball. Basketball, getting a prime slot in one of the best midseason tournaments out there. We'll explain more as today's show progresses. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our partner show, Locked On Today. On the Locked On Today podcast, today is Nikola Jokic enough for the Nuggets to lift them past the Portland Trailblazers. Find out a lot more about that and more by getting more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Alright, without further ado, that's the rundown of where we're going here on Friday, so let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 28th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder for you, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that follow button. That way you never miss an episode of this show. If you hit that follow button, whichever podcast provider you happen to use, all of a sudden you will have your information pop up right there in your feed. And like magic, you can listen to us every single day. So big thank you in advance for your support of the show. Getting going here on a Friday. Let's start off on the BYU football front. Game times, kickoff times announced as ESPN is counting down from 100 days. That was yesterday for BYU, 100 days. We'll get to day 99 and who's wearing that number on the BYU roster here in a few moments. But we have some game times finally. That's the good news if you're a BYU fan. So those of you headed to Las Vegas, and I know there are thousands of you planning on making that trip to watch the Cougars take on the Arizona Wildcats at Allegiant Stadium in the Vegas kickoff classic. That game will be a 7.30 Pacific time kickoff, 8.30 Mountain time, and will be broadcast on ESPN. And get comfortable with ESPN because the first three weeks of the season you'll find the Cougars on the mothership. Saturday, September 11th, the home game against Utah, 8.15 Mountain time on ESPN. The following week, a game against Arizona State, also 8.15 on ESPN. So, very heavy ESPN slate to begin the season, but also some good news if you're a BYU fan is, well, okay, good news is relative, but you're getting prime slots on TV. I know many of you don't like the late nights. I get that. I don't mind them one bit, especially in the early part of the year. This is the time of year, speaking of September, where it's still plenty warm outside and you can go out and enjoy a game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and be, and be in relative comfort overall. So I don't necessarily mind the late night kicks. That's just me and I am a media member who I 
I'm usually standing up and staying at the stadium till well past other people are, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter. Other games that have been announced that BYU and Boise State on Saturday, October 9th will be broadcast on the ESPN family of networks, as will the home game against USF on Saturday, September 25th. Kickoff times and or uh, the designation of which network have not been announced. Virginia at BYU on October 30th, also an ESPN game. ESPN has picked that up, but they'll make that decision down the road. And then finally, the annual BYU TV game will be Saturday, November 6th, when BYU hosts Idaho State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, as you would expect. The FCS game traditionally has been on BYU TV, also streaming on ESPN3. So there you go, kind of the rundown of what's going on with BYU and their scheduling. But how are the Cougars going to do in 2021 as we've been talking about all week long i've had jeff hands and garrett mcclintock on from give him hell brigham the podcast to talk about things well i asked the question guys what are your expectations for byu moving into this fall how far are you looking ahead what do you think the cougars can do and jeff and garrett step to the plate to answer that question i expect them to beat arizona by like 17 points okay that's as far as i go i i don't know i will say 24 Okay. Ooh, 24? Yeah. I think I think Arizona's going to be bad. Arizona's going to be bad. Here's what scares me a little bit and why I'm, I'm, I'm a little reluctant to go full-scale blowout against Arizona is Don Brown is all about the blitz. And BYU will be breaking in a new offensive line coach, a new left tackle, a new quarterback, I think that they're going to be able to get through because while I don't trust Arizona to really know their scheme, Don Brown's the kind of guy that's just going to freak out and be like, just send eight, go get somebody. And so I'm willing to say that they're only going to, they're only going to win by 17. Okay. Okay. I, I can respect that. So, so you, 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 you're very much a game by game guy. Here's what I'm getting, Jeff. Is that right? I try not to be, but this year, man, we don't even know who the quarterback is, right? I mean, point. that's what's yeah. going to make this so hard to project this year out. Um, we don't know. Like, I think it's probably going to be Jaron Hall, but I have no idea if he can run. You know what I mean? Like, sure. yes, he can run. Of course he can run. But we haven't seen him run post-hip injury, really, at all. We didn't. Nobody got to see uh, anything great out of spring ball. We got little clips of, of things on social media. That was it. Uh, so we don't know. And we haven't really got to see Baylor Romney and his new and improved arm. We saw a couple of big, deep throws where he looked like Zach Wilson throwing it 65 yards down the field, but we didn't get to see anything else. Yeah. And uh, so there's just so much unknown at key positions. I don't know what the defense is going to do with Kevin Clune being involved. Uh, Tuiaki has taken a ton of heat and everybody's got an opinion on whether he should be more aggressive or not. I don't really care. I, I think Kevin Clune's going to come in and it's going to bring a wrinkle and it's going to be something a little bit different than what we've seen, whether that's more aggressive or whether that's just different cover schemes. I don't know, but it's going to be different. I think in, in at least some capacity different than what we've seen out of BYU. And we don't know what that looks like. And it's just, there's so much unknown that I think this year, I mean, we're going to, it gets a long off season. We're going to project the whole year out, but it almost feels irresponsible this year, more so than other years, because there's just so much unknown about this team. I can respect that. Yeah. It's, I'll probably be able to tell you like a halftime 
of that first game, how the team is going to go. And it's, you know, and it, if Jaron Hall is, I mean, Jaron Hall throws a great ball, but it's, you know, his magic in those two games that he started came from having his legs as a major threat. And if he is kind of gimpy because he had a torn hip and couldn't even suit up or practice at all for the last year, then that's going to cause some problems, right? Like that's, that's going to very hamper things. We need to talk about how, ridiculous it was and now i don't know jake i know you've got like real media relationships so i hesitate to be too cruel so this is this is not jake this is jeff it was asinine that jaron hall was on the depth chart every week last year oh i thought that most ridiculous thing in the world it it, total smokescreen plain and simple that that's what it was and i actually let somebody down at byu know that i'm like you guys know that we can see right through this right and they're like well we're just doing what the coaches are telling us i don't care you you know what you're doing like so it was dumb so don't feel bad i hated it that absolutely it it, a little bit malpractice is probably too strong of a term but the fact that the guy was essentially out for the entire season you kept listing him as a backup or co-backup to to zach wilson just it wasn't right but okay yeah it, it was dumb and i think we knew and i think jake i think you and i talked about it a little bit i think everybody knew that he was out for the year and we knew that in like fall camp i think we knew that he was out for well, the, year, the so. whole conversation the whole season was is he even going to play again or is he just going to focus on baseball because hips are kind of important and if you're talking about you know playing a full contact sport after yeah. a hip injury in your 20s you know maybe you reevaluate some things well trust me there there was that question that very much came up in the media circles that i run in and they they were like should this guy go focus on baseball and it was a very real conversation but he I, I'll say one thing about Jaron and talking with people who know him better than I will ever know him he is all in on the football thing it, baseball if it, if it comes to it that football doesn't work out for whatever reason then he may consider the baseball route but football is his number one sport he wants to give it an honest go I hope he makes it. I, I hope he makes it. But the big moral of that story is just don't trust anything coaches say ever. <laughs> they just lie about everything. Even at BYU. And they do. Even at BYU. Even at BYU. Maybe especially at BYU. I, in some cases, yes. You're absolutely right there, Jeff. <laughs> there you go. Jeff Hansen and Garrett McClintock. Can't thank those guys enough for taking the time to join me all week long. It's been fun to get their insights. As I have stated previously, I will release the entire podcast episode. That'll probably be our Monday edition for the holiday on Memorial Day. I'm going to take a little bit of a break this weekend, so we'll probably post that on Monday for you guys. If you want to hear it in, in its entirety, I know Give Him Help Brigham use it as their weekly episode episode this week you can go listen to it on their feed but you know what had a great time catching up with them all the same and the jaron hall deal it absolutely was a little bit of a debacle but very interesting to hear jeff very much say i'm going game by game here and we do expect byu to beat arizona pretty handily according to jeff 17 points and if you're garrett 24 points so we'll see how it shakes out for the cougars down the road but very very excited to track how things go and we're going to talk a little bit more about byu football coming up here in just a few moments by looking back at 1954 for the Cougars. Not a good year on the gridiron, as we'll detail here in a minute, but some interesting notes and some positive notes coming out of this season. We'll get to all of that here in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, no matter your interest baseball, basketball, football. 
MLB, NBA, college hoops, college football, no matter what it is, I know I could list a million different things. Even cricket, you could go and bet on at betonline.ag. It's a fantastic resource, guys. They've got all the news, odds, and scores for you guys at their website, betonline.ag. Head over to the website now or use your mobile device to sign up today. It's free to sign up, but also don't forget to take advantage of their 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. A 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit at betonline.ag. All you got to do is use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n 50% of whatever you deposit the first time added on into your account for free all courtesy of bet online so you guys can have some fun with it take advantage of that offer now that's betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts Continuing on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown now right here on Locked on Cougars. We are looking at 1954 here on a Friday, and I hate to say it, but BYU was not good in 1954. Chick Atkinson and his team went 1-8 overall on the season, 1-6 in the Skyline Conference, finishing dead last in the conference and just an abysmal season all the way around. BYU opened up the year against New Mexico, losing 21-12, then hosted Arizona State lost 28 to 19. Reading the Banyan the BYU put out for the years during this period, it's their yearbook. They'd talk about the different games for the football program. The two things that plagued BYU were their inability to get in the red zone and score and fumbles. Fumbles, fumbles, fumbles all over the place. If you read these stories, the early season against New Mexico and Arizona State, BYU's fumble issues led to touchdown after touchdown for the opposition. The Cougars did take advantage of some of the fumbles on the other team's behalf to score points of their own. But then they went to Colorado State, lost 14-13 to by one point, another heartbreaker. And then the home game against Utah, losing 12-7. to BYU, according to reports, got to the nine-yard line with just a few minutes remaining and were unable to punch in a score that would have given them a win over Utah. So, as it stands, through 1954, BYU has a grand total of one victory over the University of Utah. Absolutely abysmal record if we're speaking frankly about the Cougars against the Utes, but things would change in the future as we're all aware. But looking back, 1954, it continued though. Uh, the Two weeks after that, BYU had a bye week after the game against Utah. Two weeks after that, apparently some respite did them good as they beat Montana 19-7 for their lone win on the year. Then went to Utah State, got absolutely clobbered by the Aggies, 45-13, were shut out by Denver at home, 20-0, excuse me. And then Wyoming took care of business against the Cougars 34 to 13 and then finally the Cougars came home uh, excuse me went to Idaho on November 20th for their final game of the year losing in a barn burner 7 to nothing against the Vandals just an absolutely abysmal year if you're a BYU fan during this era but you know what this is how you learn from things and BYU had some interesting and positive things that come out of this season despite really an awful record let's talk about some of the players on this team those are the positives coming out of this. BYU's Polynesian pipeline actually opened in 1954. We all know how Polynesian players hailing from all over and all parts of Polynesia have been a big integral factor in BYU's success as a football program. Well, in 1954, if my records are correct, and I believe I am, Famika Anai was the first player of Polynesian heritage to enroll and play for the BYU football program. That last name sounds familiar? It should. Famika Anai was the father of 
BYU player, then offensive coordinator, Robert and I, currently at the University of Virginia. Also the grandfather of his namesake, Famika and I, I guess we'd call him the second playing for BYU in the early 2010s for the BYU football program. He's now coaching college football at Texas A&M Kingsville, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, down there in Texas at the D2 level. So, Famika and I showed up to BYU in 1954 at a grand total of six foot one, 205 pounds as a center playing offensive line for BYU. Very indicative of where the sport was at that point because he was one of the bigger guys at 205 pounds on this roster. And now an offensive lineman, if you weigh 200 pounds, there's not a chance you're getting a sniff at the D1 level. So one of those things, but Famika and I opens BYU's Polynesian pipeline despite a really, really bad year results-wise on the gridiron. Other notes include Paul Mendenhall, who is Bronco Mendenhall's father, who actually hired Robert and I at BYU. He was a senior defensive end for the Cougars in 1954. According to his bio, his uh, when he passed away, it said that he was actually drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers to continue playing his career, but decided to move on into business ventures of course had a big old farm and a ranch out there in American Fork Utah where Bronco Mendenhall was raised his older brother Matt Mendenhall became a standout player for the Cougars while Bronco went to Snow College then Oregon State but uh Paul Mendenhall, his roots are at BYU in this 1954 season. And then finally, Marion Probert's career came to a close at BYU. Talked a little bit about him yesterday. First four-year letter winner for BYU in program history. Their first blue-chip, quote-unquote, athlete to ever commit to going to BYU. Uh, Won all kinds of awards. Was the all-conference team for three years despite lackluster records overall for the Cougars. Achieved All-American Honorable Mention status this year in 1954. Also won the J. Edwin Stein Award in 1954. Five's outstanding BYU athlete. He was one of two players picked for the Skyline Conference All-Star team, playing in the Salad Bowl in 1955, leading them to a victory. It's a showcase event that was held against the Border Conference's All-Stars. He was also a Scholastic All-American in both 1954 and 1955, and received the 1955 Fisher Smith Senior Scholastic Achievement Award. He ended up graduating from BYU in 1955, and as we've detailed, became a physician practicing in Salt Lake, and then was killed unfortunately, on his way uh, to a game, BYU taking on uh, New Mexico and Albuquerque. He was in a plane crash on his way to that game, the crash taking place just around the point of the mountain here in Utah. But Marion Probert, man, that number 81 will forever live on in his memory. It's completely retired. No player can wear it at BYU and for good reason. Marion Probert, just an absolutely sensational athlete and great representative of BYU after his playing days as well. So there you go. Everything you need to know about 1954 and BYU football. Yes, a rough year on the diamond. Not a lot going on for the Cougars. But the good news is three important figures are part of this team. As I mentioned, Famika and I opening the Polynesian pipeline. Uh, Robert Mendenhall. Not Robert Mendenhall. Paul Mendenhall. Why did I get Robert Mendenhall? Where did I get that from? Paul Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall's father. A senior defensive end. And obviously Marion Probert, a senior as well. With all of those distinguished honors that he received from his playing days as well as his prowess in the classroom. So there you go, 1954 for BYU. A couple of notes of what happened in 1954 overall beyond BYU included Marilyn Monroe marrying baseball player Joe DiMaggio. That happened in January of 1954. Uh, United States also announced that a hydrogen bomb test had been conducted in Bikini Atoll in the Pacific Ocean. Yes, we're in that era when a lot of different uh, testing was going on by the United States above ground. 
Also, the first nuclear-powered submarine, the USS Nautilus, was launched in Connecticut by First Lady of the United States, Mamie Eisenhower. Dwight D. Eisenhower also authorized the creation of the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado in April of 1954. Obviously, Air Force became a member of the WAC and then the Mountain West Conferences, playing against BYU pretty regularly until the Cougars went independent in 2011. But there's always obviously many different things going on. And then one other note here is that Brown versus Board of Education, the United States Supreme Court ruled that segregated schools are unconstitutional, took place on May 17th of 1954. So some of the notes of what was happening in the world beyond BYU during the 1954 overall year, the year that was 1954. So there you go. A rundown of what you guys need to know about 1954 involving BYU football. Of course, we'll be back next week talking about 1955 and all of the things that happened beyond that. We'll continue to do these day by day as we count you down towards the 2021 season all the way up until September 3rd. We'll be counting it down, guys. Hope you guys are enjoying the breakdown that we've been doing as well. One other note before we go here is obviously we're under 100 days from BYU kicking off that season on September 4th. So why not detail the players wearing those respective numbers as part of the countdown we've been doing? So today, 99 days away and brings us to number 99 on the roster currently and that would be kicker slash punter cash peterman out of chandler arizona chandler high school really really good friend of jacob conover's as you've probably seen on social media recently cash is very active on instagram actually did some custom helmets a custom uh, royal blue helmet as well as a silver one that he has detailed himself he's giving those away if you want to get in on those giveaways i believe actually the royal blue one was already given away but cash peterman wearing the number 99 kind of a rare number for a kicker but not outlandish in BYU football history as many of you might recall Riley Stevenson the standout punter for BYU also wore 99 during his playing career for the Cougars so Cash Peterman may be following in the footsteps of Riley Stevenson wearing that number. Peterman expected to very much contend for kicking jobs both at punter and kicker, maybe as a backup at both positions at six foot 180 pounds. He's shown off a very live leg during his playing days in high school. So we'll see if it shakes out the way that he hopes it is, obviously, to be on the field more often than he would rather be on the sidelines. But nonetheless, an accomplished kicker all the same as a walk-on coming from Chandler High School, the powerhouse down there in Arizona. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Friday before we round out the week, a holiday weekend ahead. We'll get to all of that here in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at BuiltBar.com. Guys, I cannot recommend enough that you give Built Bars a shot. I actually ordered a whole package, 18 bars of the orange flavor last night. It was kind of the special one-off that they were throwing up on their website. I had to take advantage of it. That's what you got to do if if you want to get these protein bars from Built Bar, if there's a special flavor you like, you got to take advantage when they throw them up. Orange is not one of their core flavors currently, so I had to pull the trigger, folks, and I couldn't be more excited to have that box arriving sometime next week. They do have nine delicious flavors that are their core flavors if you want to give them a shot. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And I can tell you this much. I've tried every single one of them. There is not a bad bar in that 
bunch. If you want to give them a shot, guys, go to BuiltBar.com. I'd recommend if it's your first time, order the variety pack. It comes with two of each of those nine base flavors. You can see what you like, nut and non-nut flavors, and try them out. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. You heard that right. 15% off your next order by using the promo code LOCKED15. I cannot recommend enough. They're high protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar, the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had, and I mean that sincerely. Give them a shot. That's promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com, and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, folks, before we go here on a Friday, got to say congratulations to the BYU men's basketball program. They've been invited or will be part of the Battle for Atlantis field in 2022. Huge tournament to be in. This is one of the premier MTEs, the midseason tournaments that you can be invited to play in. Teams that BYU will face reportedly in 2022 include Kansas, Tennessee, USC, NC State, Wisconsin, Butler, and Dayton. Huge, huge games. Huge uh, resume builders for BYU in the non-conference slate. This year, the Cougars are playing in the Diamond Head Classic, which is actually a pretty good tournament in its own right. Pretty prestigious. But the field not as strong in the Diamond Head Classic as it would be for this battle for Atlantis. And I got to say, Mark Pope and staff, they're doing a great job getting the Cougars high exposure games, an opportunity to build their resumes. And man, you can play the likes of Kansas, Tennessee, USC, NC State, Wisconsin, Butler, Dayton, any of those games. You win those games, even a close loss is going to help you in terms of your non-conference uh, resume for the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to Mark Pope and company on that. Other news includes BYU track and field continuing to play at the NCAA, or not play, continuing to compete, excuse me, at the NCAA West Preliminary Meet out there in College Station, Texas. We have a total of 11 athletes as of publication of this episode that have qualified to go to nationals. On the men's side of things, congratulations to Cameron Bates, Connor Mance, and Zach McWhorter. Each of them advanced to the NCAA Track and Field Championships in their respective events. Bates was the first to make it in men's javelin. He's the first athlete in the event to make it for BYU since 2014. McWhorter guaranteed his spot at the NCAA Championships in men's pole vault. He will be the first pole vaulter to qualify since 2015. And then Mance ran an aggressive 10,000 meters to make it. He has now qualified for three consecutive Executive outdoor championships, hoping to win a national championship at some point, obviously in his career, but three straight appearances. That's good news for him. On the women's side of things, congratulations to the six runners who advanced to the 1500 meter quarterfinals. All American Whitney Orton recorded the fastest time of the day while winning her heat. All Americans Anna Camp Bennett, Olivia Hoge Simister, and Lauren Ellsworth Barnes each finished in the top five of their heats to advance to the next round. And also All American Simone Plored and Kate Hunter advanced based on their times they will compete against one another in the quarterfinals trying to make it to the ncaa championships with six athletes in there i'd imagine BYU is going to get multiple athletes into that also in the 800 meters congratulations to all americans claire seymour and elena ellsworth they both finished second in their respective heats to automatically move on to the next round anna camp bennett also made it in that event so best of luck to all of the women athletes as they try to make the ncaa championships in those finals that'll take place tomorrow this meet runs today and tomorrow We'll have a full recap of who made it to the NCAA championships for you guys early next week. All right, that is going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search
search out Locked On Cougars. Love your guys' support on that front. Make sure to leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts as well. Those five-star ratings as well as your guys' comments about the show really help us out as well. Can't thank you guys enough for your support there. And any questions you guys might have, please feel free to reach out via email LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. As you guys might uh, be aware, we do not have a Fan Friday today. It's because my schedule went a little haywire this week, so my apologies for that. We'll get back to having Fan Fridays next week, and my apologies once again that we did not get one of you on to be my co-host on today's show, but nonetheless, a big thank you for your continued support of the podcast as always. Have a great holiday weekend, folks. We will have a podcast edition on Monday, whether it's a new show overall or the entirety of our conversation with the guys from Give Them Hell Brigham. We'll have to wait and see. That'll do it. Have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 28th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.